Welcome to Treasure Valley Podcast. I am Chuck. This week, we were lucky enough to have St. Terrible come visit us and play a musical set for us in our makeshift studio, and it was fantastic. If you want to see the video for that, go to Lower Gentry Studios' YouTube channel. If you want to just hear the audio, I will be uploading that on next week's Treasure Valley Podcast. I sat down with Zach, Sean, and Aaron, and they told us about their creative process. They have amazing music that weaves in and out. Their EPs are all very solid, as well as their album. You can check them out live during Tree Fort at the Sanctuary, Friday the 24th at 11 p.m., and then 12 hours later, 11 a.m., you'll be able to catch one of their short films at the BCT Loft. These are some very, very creative gentlemen. You're going to love this podcast. Enjoy. Your music is is phenomenal. I was talking to Zach before the podcast, um, before you guys came in to record as well, that the through line on your songs, I really, really dig. It seems like your EPs that you've released in the album, two EPs in an album, correct? That you have on Spotify yeah, that I was able right. to find? Uh, well, I think three, three EPs in an album, but yeah. yeah. It seems like you have a sonic idea that you that you express in each of those and you follow through each song into the next pretty seamlessly. Yeah. Well, we, we try and create it. So it feels like one piece. Um, and Sean and I have been together doing music since we were like 16. And I feel like we've always kind of, we've always kind of tried to arrange it so that it runs together seamlessly. Um, I'm a sucker for medleys. So I like that. And and Sean comes from a classical background. So I like to bug him by saying that we're going to work on a movement. <laughs> so you assist in those? Well, I tried to, um, right but for for the most part, you know, um, you know, I kind of view myself as just to, just to help complement and build on Zach's ideas, and you know, just to um, try to build, help participate to build the best song that we can do together. I'm kind of curious how that process looks because that is definitely very different. And when you're sitting down and writing music, how much of it is just sitting down and being inspired and how much of it when you're releasing these albums is problem solving with the material that you have to get it to interconnect? What is? Uh, it depends on the album. This last one was, was I would say in this fiction was 90% problem solving. Um, I, 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 I would agree. I would yeah, agree. it felt like banging my head against the wall trying to make everything work. Um, so you it, had a series of songs that you had already written that you were trying to connect together? Yeah, then? so um, generally what I do is uh, I'll improvise for <laughs> I'll improvise for a couple uh, like periods of time. Um, like maybe it'll be a month, but I did a residency in San Francisco through Building 180, and I just basically worked on improvising for a couple weeks and recorded all of it. And then cherry picked the pieces that I thought were interconnected and then tried to find a way to connect them. Um, and generally we then start changing the songs to try and figure out how we can bring them together. Um, but thematically there's generally something that comes up for me around the time that we start working on something. And so it does have a theme based on just kind of what's on my mind. Um, other projects we have absolutely picked, like we're like, Oh, we're going to focus on this and this is going to be kind of the theme. So we're going to, both work on stuff uh, intentionally and then take things that we've improvised and rework them so that they're actual, like, well-built songs. And how much improvisation do you all do as a band? Like, when you're going to be... We should probably talk about Tree Fort. You're going to be playing a Tree Fort yep. 
Friday. Friday at the Sanctuary, 11 p.m. 11 p.m. Yeah. Sanctuary. Closing it out. 11 to midnight. Just after midnight. Just after midnight, yeah. Right on. <laughs> and in that set, is that going to be heavily coordinated? Is it going to be some improvisational elements? What does that look like? Yeah, so when we do the larger bands, we generally don't do much improvisation just because it's harder to do that. Um, and when we have like dancers and performers with us, uh, we want to keep it a little bit more structured. Uh, when we're in smaller groups like trios or when I do my my solo shows are 50% improvised. And then oh, okay. um, we have a few pieces where we've kind of left a little bit of room for improvisation on the set. But um, yeah, it really just depends on what kind of set we're doing. If it's more curated and it's uh, like an immersive experience, we generally try and do it fairly structured. But um, yeah, it just depends on what the intention is. Very cool. I'm a huge fan of improv music. Like I spent most of high school and college listening to Fish and trying to catch yeah. shows that I could get access to out in the Midwest, like BFE. It was really hard for me to get any of their shows. Like the closest was Wisconsin and it was like a 12 hour drive, you know, for me to go check out their stuff. But I love that. Um, and that's kind of cool that you all are, you take that route sometimes because I I don't know, you have that, you have that vibe where your music, it's, it seems like it could come from like a moment of improv and inspiration, but it also is so interconnected that it's, it's hard to see how that couldn't be planned out. Almost. Yeah. yeah I think Sean and I come from an improvisational background. We started making stuff together in high school and, um, Sean booked us shows uh, before we were ready and didn't have any music. And so Sean was like, oh, you're don't that, worry you're about that guy in the band. We'll, we'll like, hey, I got us a gig. Well, no. When I is would, it? Next week. I well, I would Sean, just Sean just, it. Sean just I... knew. Sean just knew because <laughs> I was terrified of performing and Sean was like, well, we're going to do it anyways. And and he's like, you're good at you're good at improvising and we're, I'm good at improvising. Let's yeah, do we, an hour long show. Yeah, we would plan in our younger years like half the set be improvised and then slowly got more now, structured, more bandy. Now, now, this was a different group, though, remember. This was, what was the name of this group, you guys? Toast. Toast. Sean came up Just with in the case But it's still that. part of our... That's Toast. Toast. The name but of the band. You can't find the music anywhere. It was Toast. <laughs> but, like, it's still very much part of Zach and I's um, core, that uh, improvisational um, discovery. And we still do a lot of that. But as for live shows, um, not so much. Yeah. As, as, a, as a larger group, as a yeah. trio, we, we haven't been doing as much lately. Again, like solo shows from here, again, most, like it's a huge mixture of, of improvisation. And you have a big crew coming with you to Tree Fort. Uh, large ish. It's not our largest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've got two dancers. And then I think total of six or seven perform, uh, musicians, including ourselves. So we'll have a horn section. And, oh, cool. Um, and then Ashton, our other long-term friend and member, is coming back from Seattle to come perform with us. Sweet. He's a bassist. He's an incredible. Phenomenal bassist. Bass. Yes. Yeah. That'll be exciting. Yeah. What is that like as far as a songwriting process? If you're, if Zach, if you're taking these songs and you're playing them as a as a solo artist, mm -hmm. how does that work? Are you focusing on that aspect of the song first before you start to add elements, or are you then going back and listening to the music that you guys have written and then figuring out how to do it on... Is it just acoustic that you play? Uh, I, do, uh, I do a lot of looping. 
Oh, okay. So uh, um, I do vocal looping, and then I have I usually work with a synth and a freeze pedal, and then my guitar. Um, and so it's kind of a mi more minimal setup, so it'll bounce between kind of experimental freak folk and then go into um, more like ambient stuff, and it'll go back and forth between those two. Right lately, on. that's what it's been lately. I mean, like I, I'm all over the place with the kind of stuff I want to do. So <laughs> solo are sets are kind of like you just never know. You never know what's going to happen when you show up. I don't often know. So, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Do you have these tunes figured out, though, so that you can play them? Um, so what I have started doing is uh, basically I have little islands that I have to reach in my set. So it's like, uh, I call it structured improvisation. So there's these points that I have to reach that aren't improvised, and then those are launching points for improvisation that will then take me to the next point. Oh, cool. Um, so it might be, you know... Um, like a, a two and a half minute song that isn't improvised, and then it'll that song will go into an improvised piece that'll then go in back into another piece that isn't improvised. Um, and I try and flow the set together. I just like a set that feels like a journey, mm -hmm. um, or feels it. It feels either like a, a continuous space or a journey, or, or something that is takes someone from a point and brings them to somewhere else, rather than just kind of disconnected um, ideas. Right on. That makes sense. And it comes through with everything that you've posted on online that I can find for your all's music. Great. It's, that's, it's very, <laughs> that's good. It's very cool. It's, it's super unique. Um, you, you had me thinking about uh, Aaron's drum set just for a moment, too. Uh, I, was, I was listening to you have a unique drum set and people that watch the video. I think that your setup is really cool where you have your crash. Your ride sounds really good, too. Oh, thank you. Where did you get that thing? The cymbals or the kit? The, well, the ride. That the ride, ride well, is from Guitar Center, of oh, course, okay. where okay. all great musicians go to buy gear. <laughs> no, I used to work. I used to work there for years, for five years. So I got a really good discount, and that was the only way I was able to afford symbols like that that are about five hundred bucks. Oh dang! So, so you got the job. You had the job long enough to get your kit set up exactly how you wanted it, and then you're like, "See you later, folks." No, actually, I, the kit that I bought there with a the discount, I ended up not even liking. We actually recorded on it, and it sounded like a overinflated basketball. Uh, <laughs> Which is just part of the makeup. It did. We can all agree, but uh, it's just part of the makeup of the kit. The wood and the the hardware combination just didn't suit us. Right on. Um, so but you, yeah, you dumped that one, and then yeah, this one that I have now is actually a early '80s Gretsch kit that uh, my really good friend's dad, who just passed away, uh, sent down to him, and he had a couple of different drum sets. So I got one of them just you know out of needs for storage. But man, it served me really well. Yeah, it sounded great. And I also wanted to point out your keys sounded super awesome too, oh, Sean, you. which they ought to because of the weight of the the equipment that you bring into the oh, yeah. studio. The we, band's burden. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> Sean got here first and, and he's like, we had to two-person haul his, his keyboard into the into the studio. It was pretty awesome. But it, the sound is great. The hardwood. It's Yeah, it's the um, a custom like plywood case. I, uh, my, my friend, uh, Seth made it and, uh, for himself. And then he sold me that keyboard and he's like, listen, man, I'll give you a discount. Just, I never want to pick this up again. <laughs> and I'm like, deal. I, I know my bandmates will help me. Yeah. You can, tell how, you can tell how we feel about it. Cause it's called the coffin. Yeah. We call it the coffin. <laughs> it is know. pretty large. I mean, it's, you probably yeah. could get a smaller person in oh, half, yeah. half a body. Yeah. Half a body is what we measured on it. So, <laughs> But, so yeah. for your keyboard stand, did you have to go test it out? Did you have to get that well, at the hardware store and make sure that it's rated for <laughs> 200 pounds or whatever? Well, our last tree fort said it actually broke. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, uh, I broke our last or my last stand and uh, 
But was it, it was right at the last song, oh. so it was it was kind of fitting. Perfect. Timing. So th- then I made sure I found a really sturdy stand. So I can, did the keyboard fall when it broke? I caught it, but I like oh, jammed dang. my fingers a bit on the ground. But yeah, it was at Alcor, and it just it was fell on flim- the ground. It was a flimsy stand. I, I, I well, no, it was like one of those like double X. Like it was like heavy Held duty. Together and with then a like, pin, though the whole thing's held together with a pin. And then it like. Yeah. The tiny linchpin that yeah. broke and it all fell apart. That's a, that's a bummer. So how excited are you all to be playing Tree Fort this year? Because it looks like it's going to happen. Um, it's, you know, we're, we're excited. You know, it's just, you know, there's, it's COVID. We'll yeah. see how it goes. I think, honestly, I think the people who will come to our show will be safe and we're excited for that energy. But for the most part, it's kind of like, at least for myself, I'm kind of, you know, just kind of waiting until Tree Fort starts, you know, to feel it out. Yeah. Uh, but for the actual show, um, Tree Fort's it's going to be nice. Yeah. We, we always make a special show just for Tree Fort. Yeah. Like we'll we'll put something together that you won't that we don't ever play again. So sometimes we will even write new songs for Tree Fort. Yeah. Every year we've had one song we've played for Tree Fort that we haven't played ever again. Yeah. One year we did a a shrine show, is what we called it, where we had like a huge set up with props and dancers and the yep. band was actually like pushed to the sides yeah we did an art installation so we did two shows that year we did one which was a full day art installation and we did um structured improvisation mm-hmm. actually it was a 45 minute set structured improvisation and the whole thing was built around this um platform so we built a room inside of this building uh, oh wow and then the room people have told me that that they felt like it was a room out of a David Lynch film. Um, so it's this room, and then sweet, and then we had these um, stages on the side where we were, and then the dancers were in the center performing, um, and we would do forty-five minute sets, and then we'd start over and start over, and so it was a three hundred and sixty degree experience. Like you could go in and stand anywhere, which we thought the audience would do more with, but turns out they just wanted to stand on the sides, um, which we were kind of bummed about, but. Uh, it, it was pretty cool. We still have pieces from that. Um, we have a we have a video somewhere of it online. Oh, cool! But yeah, that was that was yeah. We we try and do something special every year for Tree Fort because it's kind of the Boise holiday. Boise Christmas is better than Christmas. <laughs> no, I just still get people coming up to me and like telling me about being there, and I'm just like, oh, I I didn't know it was like a dark room. You know, we were all yeah. just very focused on this moment. This really kind of no, it was pretty intense. no context for the audience. It was a either. moody just show. Come in and it's dark, oh. and then it starts. And it, yeah, it was really intense. We were, we had people who were doing like buto dancing, and mm-hmm. then uh, I mean, all the dancers were like, covered in white and. Um, yeah, it was really intense, and some of the music was really intense. Yeah, uh, but that's what we do well. <laughs> We're really intense. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Yeah, and you all have a film there that's going to be playing we, as well. We do. So our last EP was a film. So we before we released the music, we the reason we kind of got stuck was because the film was built around songs that we weren't finished with. So there were ideas that we had that we could not change. <laughs> Okay. Can you elaborate on that? I'm just I'm curious. So our this yeah. all goes on to Lower Gentry Studios, which is the the company that uh, produces the pocket quote unquote zero budget company that produces. Right. But we also have a whole bunch of narrative films that my brother and I produce. Yeah. And so we love talking film, and I'm curious about what this is. And sure, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what what was my elevator pitch for this film. Uh, it's it's an 11 minute short film that deals with um, 
well, I say it deals with, it's, it's kind of trying to examine um, trauma and mental health. Okay. Um, and the idea was to examine the pieces that don't necessarily go uh, spoken or seen from individuals. Um, and it, it's, it's somewhat psychedelic. It has a horror element to it. Uh, and it's, it is, of course, a journey down and then up. Um, and it's, yeah, it's pretty rich imagery and Cody Giddings was our cinematographer and he yeah, just, I mean, off he, him, he killed it. Um, and yeah, it was pretty amazing. We filmed it in the house that I was living in, which is no longer, doesn't exist anymore. And for, we, in three days we built it out, filmed and then took everything down and it looked <laughs> It's crazy. It was it was a really wild experience. And then I was still living in that house, so we had it all built out and turned into this wild set. So I was sleeping there. Um, and it just felt really eerie because the whole thing's kind of a ghost story too. Uh, so you built the house for the film? We built the house out. Like we, we built like a set in the house. Yeah, like staged like, it. Yeah, oh, staged okay. it and, okay. and had lights and... Um, just removed a lot of furniture and yeah, kind of and built it in a way that's thing, like if yeah. you walked in there and it was someone's house, you'd be like... Why is this all is like, a like a hallway? It's basically like it's built <laughs> yeah. for motion, you know, for like Lots a, of a momentum. All, yeah, the first created. first song in it is a one shot. So we built we tried to make the whole house in such a way that how that it would feel interesting no matter what angle it was being shot at. Um yeah, and so that was our first really big ambitious project like that. Um and I mean, visually it was really really an incredible product at the end. Um Everyone involved, like all of our friends came out to help us with it. So we had, uh, like Brenna Kavanaugh used to be my collaborator and she would do the costumes and help the visual design. And um, Alessandra came out and did make a hair and makeup. It just, yeah, all of our friends came out at some point to help us with the project, which was really cool. And uh, Meredith Richardson co-directed it with me. And it was cool. It was one of those experiences where I came to Meredith and I, told her i'd like to make a live film and she looked at me and she said fuck that we're gonna make a proper film you have four months to come up with something and so i yeah i i wandered around my house trying to come up with an idea um and decided to go with that you know as weird and strange as we can go as we often do it's pretty dark but we're really good at that an uplifting undertone i think yeah mm -hmm. That's good. There's some hope involved. It's not not all death yeah. metal. I want. I, I hope. I hope the optimism comes through because I think for me, um, you know, it came out of my experiences personally. So I was trying to not build a story that at the end felt like it was not only leaving the audience in a place that wasn't optimistic, but for my own sake, I'm trying to end on a piece of uh, not rolling into the doomer mentality of mental health in a world that feels crazy and um, like everything is crap and we don't know what to do. <laughs> right on. That's uh, that's actually a topic we've done quite a bit in yeah. Lower Gentry Studios, the mental health thing, because we were, my brother and I were both social workers. Yeah. And so that was kind of the first, the first uh, web series that we dove into had a lot of those elements into it. Um, right. You know, it's, it is, it's just something that you got to learn to cope with. Yeah. You know, what can you do? Yeah. What can you do about it? Is this your first foray into film and video then? Um, first proper one, yeah. I, I've i been really interested in it my whole life and um, think pretty visually in terms of like movies, films. Mm -hmm. I block a lot of things in my head for projects like it was for a film. Um, and so 
it felt really, it felt weird because it didn't feel like it was the first one we've done, but it, it was the first one we've done. Yeah. That's good. It clicked. A, I mean, if you guys got that done in three days, that's really impressive. Well, we got the major portions of it done. And then there was like all these tiny, small pieces that took a year, you know, because we were trying to finish it up and then the pandemic hit. And, oh, uh, yeah. so you started well, filming that pre-pandemic? It, yeah, we started filming in 2019 Dang. in the spring of 2019. And then okay. we unfortunately kind of do our shows and projects pretty sporadically because of how much time we all spend working in a way. I, I, I come here for periods and then I disappear for periods to go work. And so um, we don't generally have straightforward working schedules. Mm -hmm. we, we have these big sporadic pieces. So it took a while to get it finished. And um, yeah, and then also on top of that, we were trying to finish the, the music for it. And I was having, I really struggled with that album. And Aaron was a really big help to me. I remember at one point, we were working on it, and Aaron just looked at me and said, "Just you got to stop trying to put a hat on a hat. <laughs> Let's be done." And I needed to hear that. We re-recorded "Gone" seven times. Yeah. There were seven times. We did it. We there were seven different versions of "Gone." Oh wow! And, oh, and I hate that song. I'm <laughs> so I don't ever want to hear it again. <laughs> well, can't. we're gonna have a great time playing it. Right, we'll, so. we'll be playing it. <laughs> that's, oh that's my wild. god! So, so perfectionist is that kind of? How you would describe yourself then when it comes to the... Um, I can be. I, I'm trying to... I don't really know if I have an accurate... I, I, neurotic at times, I think, is maybe more... Um, I, I can be a perfectionist for sure. Uh, I hold the perfectionist card. And yeah, I think we're learning. We're, we're learning in different ways of how we're trying to approach things. I think it's shifted for me how I want to approach things in the last couple of years, and I'm learning what that means for me. Um, and... I think this particular project was just hard for me because it, it had a lot of weight and baggage and I just didn't want to continue returning to it. Um, oh. You know, for me, a big part of music is that it's, it's a cathartic process of integrating and processing emotional and mental events. Mm -hmm. um, and so this one was a big one. Um, and I just, it was, just felt like returning to a wound over and over again and poking my finger in it. And I think... I both wanted to be done with it and wanted to make sure that I got it right because of that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, it just was a hard project because it was so small and yet felt so heavy. <laughs> and I think by the time we were done, both, at least Aaron and I, we felt like we just wanted to do something lighter next. Whatever we did, we just thought, yeah, let's, 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 let's do something a little lighter for the next project. <laughs> Is that where you all are now? Are you working on the next... Um, we're in a bit of an identity crisis mode right now, but, um, we, I am working on a project. I don't know what it's going to come out as, um, or how much lighter it's actually going to be, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're, we're kind of trying to figure out what moving forward looks like for our project and us. And, um, yeah, I think. I don't really know what it looks like, so bringing it up is kind of an interesting topic. But yeah, I think at least half of it is just due to the climate of things right now. I yeah. mean, like live performance in general and artistry is it's very up in the air. You know, yeah. not just for audience attendance, but funding. And I mean, there's just a lot of uh, the speed bumps are getting larger. You know, mm -hmm. if you're going to be a, a freelance entrepreneur style musician or artist in general. Yeah, uh, and, and we try and cover a lot of ground with the stuff that we do. Um, 
Aaron and I talk a lot about ideas that aren't just limited to music. You know, we, we like making films. We mm. like doing these immersive experiences that are also stories. Um, we, you know, I have an interest in psychology and therapy and I'd love to find ways, I like to f try and find ways to integrate those pieces into the stuff we're doing. Like solo shows often involve dance and clowning and storytelling. And um, so we're, we're trying to figure out how to move forward so that we can encompass all of these things um, in a way that is sustainable and also feels good for all of us. Mm. That's got to be pretty tricky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel really stuck. <laughs> well, it's ambitious. Yeah. And I, and I, I gotta say the, the music that I listen to of, of your all's is, is great. And I can hear that, that need to, to put that extra work forward in that. And those ideas do to me on the listening end and on the audience end, they come through as being very well hashed. Like it's great. Yeah. That's very, good. Very solid. And I, so where can people catch this film that uh, uh, it's, if you are coming to tree for it, you can go see it at, I think the flicks is where it's going. It's Film Fort, which I think is all. Yeah, they're, I'm pretty yeah. sure they're all in the flicks. It's, yeah. it's Saturday of Film Fort. It starts around 11. It's the music video time. Okay. Um, and then if 11 a.m.? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then if you're not coming to Tree Fort, you can watch it on YouTube. Oh, okay. So it is streaming? It's out. Yeah, we released right it about a little under a year ago. Do you all have a YouTube channel then? Or? Uh, yes, it's, we're, we're about to change the name of it, but right now it's called Howd Official, which, cause we used to have, I used to have this collective called House of Upside Down. Okay. Um, and so everything's housed under that, but it's a terrible name cause no one knows what it's it is. H-O-U-D. H-O-U-D. Yeah. Official. Howd is now, House of Upside Down is now kind of our own little secret collective that we use to do weird stuff. Right but, on. yeah, um, it's on YouTube. If you just search saying terrible endless fiction, that's probably the easier way to get straight to it. Yeah. And you can see it some of our other weird stuff yeah. that we've made. Well, I'll definitely check that out. I'm looking forward to y'all playing at Tree Fort. That's going to be great. And thanks for making the time to come out and play. That was so much fun. Thanks for having to us. Yeah, no, yeah, thank you. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. If you did, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. We'll see you back next week. <laughs>